0: Hi, this is Dalton. Thank you for tuning in to the next episode of my podcast, A Matter of Perception. This is going to be part two with Jeff Haynes. We sat down and talked the beginning of October. I released the first part uh, also in early October, and now it's been about a month. So, you know, go Dalton, right? Um, But, you know, this month has been, it's been busy for me, but it's also been very trying. And I think a lot of people can relate And so I just want you to know that you're in my thoughts, and I hope that you're staying safe out there and keeping your loved ones close, because America is kind of up in arms, up in turmoil right now. I'm not going to talk much more on that, but, I mean, you know, you, you see what's going on with social media and the news. I just hope that moving forward, we as Americans are able to become more united and are able to love one another, because I'm not seeing a lot of love right now. And um, it's really unfortunate, but that's where we are, and I hope it's not where we stay. Anyway, Jeff Haynes, beautiful man, both inside and out. Shoot, if I had his looks, I'd be in Hollywood by now, I'm sure. <laughs> but anyway, Jeff, I know you're about. You're, I know you're listening, and I just want you to know that I thank you so much for coming and spending your time with me. And for anybody out there listening uh, who's not Jeff or myself, you're really gonna get a lot out of this episode, Jeff. Really showed a side of himself to me that I had never seen before and in like any other human being really besides my like absolute closest friends. So I want to thank Jeff for really being raw with me, allowing him his true self and feelings and thoughts to come out because there's a lot there. He's he's very much like an onion. He's got those layers. He's like Shrek. And we all love Shrek. <laughs> so Jeff is truly a, a humble And joyful and very very funny human being and so it was truly an honor and so I hope that you get as much out of listening to this as I did being a part of it so without further ado Jeff Haynes part two yeah and I fought my depression I would just keep it all cool calm and collected I just started relaxing and I stopped all the stressing. now I keep it cool calm and collected sometimes it feels like nowhere's where I'm headed still keep it cool Collect but if you're talking about the craft man it's still not perfected but i keep it cool calm and
1: collect uh, you, you went to the aviation academy yeah
0: can you can you fly today like could you go get on um, could you go charter a plane no I'd,
1: I'd need to get retrained reserted okay and uh, basically start another over. physical mm, i got i got uh 300 about 300 ish hours oh okay so those and, hours would stay yeah, oh yeah those hours will stay okay. but i'd still have to get re um right yeah you Updated. Have to go a, yeah, yeah everything yeah Okay, and so I, and so I've you, forgotten probably more than I ever learned. I'm dumber now than I was when I started.
0: Um, it's yeah. me after listening to Miley Cyrus. And I feel oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. guy. she's got good music. I
1: hear I thought we was gonna be friends. Uh, are you a Miley Cyrus fan? No. Um you just you just picking a fight. <laughs> hey, you know, I gotta pick something. What do you want me to do? Pick my nose? No, please. That's not. a two-handed affair. Look at the size of this thing. It's like a <laughs> canoe hanging off my face. That's a two-fingered affair. You know? <laughs> um, so anyway, back to Nancy. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was rude. in wit. No. In wit.
0: So, um, all right. So, so you you joined the National Guard. It was something to do with flight school. How does that? How does um, that? How does that tie into I the was National com- Guard?
1: I, I was coming into. Um, I was coming into flight school, and uh, the first plane hit. And they thought it was an accident. Right, I remember. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. And I'm listening. This is the first time I actually listened to conservative radio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. uh, i heard something about it on you know a rock and roll station so i'm like okay who's actually gonna oh well wsp boom and they're they're going over i think it's an accident blah, 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 and 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 i thought at first they thought it was a small plane and then they realized it was it was a 737 i don't know um, yeah, it was a commercial airline it was a commercial yeah. airline and i was like holy shit this is crazy so i go up to to um the academy and it's upstairs and there's nobody in the, in the office. Everybody is pressed into the break room. Right. Um, there's like 30 of us in this little bitty room smelling of stale coffee and watching this 13 inch color TV in the corner um, of these buildings. And, and uh, the first uh, trade tower is smoking.
0: Right. Yeah. One's been hit and the other one's smoking. It, yeah. So, yeah.
1: And we're watching and they're starting to, re- and they're starting to come news is coming, you know, it's like, this wasn't an accident, this was an attack. They're starting to realize that and about that time the second plane hit and we saw it come in. Mm. We saw it come in. And we saw the the other side of the building just explode out. And I turned to my flight instructor and I'm like, We're going to war. I don't know who with. Nobody knows who with, but we're going to war as soon as we find it out, we, And yeah, we we're sat gone. there and we watched it. And of course, at that point all planes were grounded grounded we had this one guy who was an incredible instructor an incredible stereotype i mean everything about him he chiseled jaw and the and the barrel chest and ha! and nothing nothing shook him you know oh did i lose a wing i guess i'll have to work more to the right then you know (laughs) nothing bothered him but he came into the room afterwards we're still watching this before the buildings had actually fallen his eyes were as big around as saucers and he's like, I was flying over Dobbins and two, I think it was F-16s, escorted me to the ground. And, and he's in a Cessna 172, and he's pushing it at 150 knots. Meanwhile, these two attack jets are sitting there with full flaps and landing gear down just to slow down enough to stay even with them. And they said, you will land. <laughs> so he, he, they did allow him to land at uh, Petrie-DeKalb Airport, which is where we were based out of. And... Um, he was, he was white-knuckle scared. It scared the hell out of him. And we're watching this with mounting horror, realizing the effect this is going to have. And we still had no clue. You know, we just knew this was horrible. And then the building started to fall. Right, and it just and got worse. It's and it's like our breath just left us. And we watched this. And um, I sat on that. For a while. And the next year, like February, I signed up. So what, like four months later? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's four months of, there's no planes. There's no helicopters. There's no nothing in the sky. It's dead damn silent. You don't realize that you're always going to hear planes. Something you know, spe- especially near Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I was at Starbucks today, and a helicopter flew over me. And the I, first, the I first, stopped and I watched it.
1: Yeah, the first airborne vehicle I saw was a fleet of, not fleet, um, squadron, I guess. Yeah, yes. of uh, of Marine helicopters, uh, uh, Cobras. Cool. Those fuckers are loud. Yeah, especially if you haven't heard an airplane or anything in a month and suddenly they come literally right over your house just boom, 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 boom. so hard that you could feel it in your chest uh, and uh not in a good way not in a, not not you know and my my chest swelled with pride right. no more like the second and then these guys beat the snot out of my tits you know <laughs> that kind of stuff <laughs> and they aimed solely for my
0: tits yeah <laughs> um well so let's back it up a, a second so you were in flight school was that was separate from the military were you going to use that for military I wanted to ends? yeah you I wanted really to be like did. a fighter pilot so I went
1: I would I went to sign up and uh you know I was at meps and they could you can go navy you can go army you can go marines you can go air force sure yeah. and um uh, the national guard allowed me to be at home and I could and they used the national guard for like emergency uh, you know environmental emergencies hurricanes things like that and i'm like i can help people here and i can i can i can do i think i can do more good here um so i'm like okay i'll try that and and they're like well what job do you want i'm like well you know i have my i have my pilot's license i could i could be a pilot and they're like oh that's fantastic yes we need pilots we need it'd be great and you you already had that that would be amazing oh wait wait oh (sighs) You don't have enough college under your belt. You don't. You don't have a bachelor's degree. I'm like, well, oh damn,
0: shit. You need a bachelor's degree. To be uh, a yeah, pilot at least at yeah. this
1: time. Um, mm. Oh, and I was too old. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, okay. Well, then what is the most dangerous job you have? I mean, give me something you know, just that I can really help. They're like, well, how about long range surveillance? Lurse. It'll be fantastic. It'll be awesome. And I'm like, great. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh! But according to your medical record, your hearing isn't as good as it needs to be. I'm like son of a bitch. All right. Damn. Well, well. What do you got? And they're like, well, have you considered you know, a counterintelligence agent? And I went, agent. And they're like, agent. Counterintel agent. agent. And I went, Haines. intelligence agent. And they're like, yes, a counterintelligence agent. And I'm like, so I'd be like a, like a, you know, a secret agent spy (laughs) and they're and they're like you would be hunting spies and i'm like what will it take to do that and they're like well let's see what your ass fab score is oh 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 okay you could do anything in the army that you want I'm like, yeah, except for fly and catch bullets, great. But I'll try this thing. So <laughs> yeah. for 10 years, I got to be a counter intel agent. Okay, and, and was it I as got, cool? As I it not remotely. No, I got my okay. I got my top secret clearance with SCI add-on. I mean, I was I could I had access. No, I had the ability to to be read into all kinds of interesting things, uh, things that most people aren't allowed to know about for minimum twenty years. Right. Sometimes fifty years. And um and it was very, very cool. It was such an important job that they were very nervous about allowing anybody to do it. <laughs> because the, the kind of abuse you could that you could be party to is, is very, very strong. So they didn't they wanted us to to have the ability but they were nervous about us using that ability. It's like teaching. It's like teaching a young kid karate, but then being afraid he might actually get in a fight.
0: That's a good way of putting it. That that makes sense to me. Thank you. So, w- w- did you ever get to do anything that was I got to do no a lot exciting
1: of things that I can't talk
0: about? And that's okay. 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 <laughs> right, well, then. But did you do some exciting things? You I don't did. have to. You don't have to I elaborate did. on them.
1: Um. That now, but <sighs> there are a lot of things of which I cannot speak. Okay. All right. Um, and well, then we'll probably be dead before I can. <laughs> However, there are certain things of which I can speak.
0: All right. Uh, in that regard, then
1: just talk. There's to a there's a group of people out in Iraq. I got I I did Iraq in 2005 and six.
0: I remember earlier you mentioned how the no- Mojave Desert it got you prepared. Yeah, for I guess it Iraq. was.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would drink two gallons of water out there and I wouldn't pee.
0: It just evaporated I straight would, out your kidneys.
1: Yeah, I would sweat it out. Right. In fact, when I took my uniform off and and put it up for the night, in the morning it would be encrusted with salt. Oh from my sweat. gosh! Yeah,
0: it's serious. Did you use that for your
1: eggs? <laughs> that's a great idea, and that's disgusting <laughs> it's too. So I disgusting. like it. Next time. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a group of people called the Yazidi. The Yazidi. 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 Okay. Yazidi. They um, they consider themselves Christian kind of um they're just not muslim they're definitely not muslim okay and that was a problem uh during the baathist regime because they weren't muslim um they were they were a, a subgroup of technically ethnic kurds but they were not religious muslim so they never considered themselves kurdish they were their own their own people and uh they were an incredible force back in World War One, you know, <laughs> under the Ottoman Empire. Uh, they had some kind of a something, um, but uh, when they broke up that region and gave it to, you know, fed it out like risk cards. You know, Britain gets this, and France risk. gets this, and yeah. America gets this, and it was um, they got uh, a little bit fractured too, and they became a part of Iraq. They were offered their own country, and. Um, which country or the, like what region would it have uh, it been? was like uh, the Sinjar region of Iraq, which is like the Western so Iraq just been... before Syria. okay. Uh, in fact it's like 30 clicks from Syria. Okay. It was right there and they're like, no, we're gonna be a part of this we're gonna they tried to play the good boys and that that was problematic for them because they had no voice after World War one uh, up until 2006 and there's a, a story about that. Um, I wrote about them. Nobody else wrote about them. Nobody else wrote about them. Um, when you say wrote about them? We do reports. Oh, okay. um, counterintelligence, they gather intelligence, they write reports, and they send it up uh, to okay. people that then go, well, they doesn't mention rockets and bombs, therefore it's useless. Um, but only okay. it wasn't useless. It was absolutely essential to the point to where we had a <clears throat> a special guy, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. But the name of John, because they're all named John. <laughs> yeah. um, John Smith, right? Uh, some like that. Yeah. Yes, I work at Job in Town. You know, <laughs> John <laughs> see Smith. A man about a horse. Yeah. He was special. Um, had special tools, special everything, and he wanted my intel. And um, he went to a whole lot of high-level meetings, and I went to some high-level meetings with him, uh, the SF guys. Uh, I couldn't get my information out. Because the people I was reporting to was like, well, it's not mentioning rockets and bombs. We don't want it. Well, the SF guys did. And the, and the special guy did. So I gave it to him. I wanted to make sure the information got out there. Um, it kind of shot me in the foot a little bit. Because at one point in time, there was a Sheik's meeting with my team leader. Who, who was absolutely just licking on the special guy. Because wanted to be him so bad. Um, and, and the special guy. Was in this, is in this sheik's meeting, and this, and they were going through, and they were talking, and they were, and I was not there. But here's how I heard about it: the guy is talking and talking and talking, and then he stops. He's like, "Why am I telling you guys this? I already told Jeff." Yeah, <laughs> and at that point, um, they started to listen to me a little bit more,
0: okay, and uh,
1: so I became one of the most prolific writers about the Yazidi during that period. Um, come to find out when I was going through DLI, the, uh, DLI, uh, Defense Language Institute in Monterey, where they keep all the fog. Yes. When they have an overage. Okay. (laughs) Keep up. I Um, have
0: been keeping up. That's where the
1: fog from San Francisco um, rolls over. Yeah. The Presidio. That's where, uh, the guy there, the, the, the head guy, um, come to find out during that time, he was working for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was all source gathering intelligence and he would clean it up he would he would you know pull out the stuff that was germane to what they were doing and give it to the joint chiefs of staff he specifically remembered my writing he said your writing came in about that area i remember it because it was better than anything we got out of the cia damn, and i'm yeah. like well what do the joint chiefs of staff uh, say he's like well we never got it that far because uh, it didn't mention rockets and bombs in the place damn Awesome. Fantastico. You should have just thrown in, like, you should have said, these guys are the bomb. (laughs) Uh, They would have read it. (laughs) Well, uh, they were looking for something tactical. They were looking for weapons of mass destruction, which we already saw leave to go to Syria. Mm -hmm. And if you have any doubts as to whether or not that happened, what happened in Syria? Think about it. Um, We Hmm. know they had weapons of mass destruction. We sold it to them come on <laughs> we kept the receipts um, <laughs> we wrote them off yeah but uh WMD yeah we we know they were there um, we even found one one because uh, <laughs> they all went anyway that's not the point the point <laughs> the point was um, these people were never really given a fair shake and in fact our buddies back there the Kurds they didn't like them because they wanted they wanted to represent them for a larger voice in the upcoming parliament and the yazidi wanted representation of their own well, the kurds didn't want that so they were having a really hard time with this political mo- it was all political but i mean it's not like the poly we think politics is is a big thing here where you you un- you angrily unfriend somebody off of facebook because they feel differently than you or
0: angrily tell someone to unfriend you if they think exactly, you You
1: know, or we go, well, this person is stupid because no, 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 no. That's not the politics they play. They play this. You will vote this way. If you don't water, will not get to your house again. Whoa. You will, you will die.
0: We got a good then.
1: Yeah. Um, when they, their first, their first election, um, there was a group of people, of, of terrorists that were fighting, of course, you know, insurgents, freedom fighters, whatever you want to call them. The, a lot of people couldn't read, so they would make their mark on the, fa- on the on the picture of the person they wanted to, elect, and you could tell it was oh. their mark because they would have a purple finger because they used purple ink to make their mark. So, huh. <laughs> these guys would go around and find people with the purple fingers and cut that finger off as a warning. No. You know how I know about that story
0: counterintelligence baby no yes but (laughs) how do you know
1: because there was another interim election going on and a guy came in and had to vote with his left hand because he didn't have his right finger oh my gosh it was that important to him he's willing to lose another finger over this he was willing he wanted a voice that bad
0: and we're over here giving this god-given right to be able to vote and these guys are willing to lose a finger. We yeah. We're like another finger.
1: We're like global Californians. <laughs> <laughs> America,
0: globe. <laughs> we're all living in America. America <laughs> is wonderful. <laughs>
1: yes. A little bit of a callback there. Um, so, in fact, any- there Sorry, was guys, one. There was an election going on, and the Kurds. Who were providing security as Iraqi Army <laughs> for this for the election? Now, Iraqi Army, the Ar- the Iraqi Army wasn't an army. It existed for like maybe 15 minutes. They right. needed people, so they used the Peshmerga. The people, the Peshmerga were the uh, Kurdish special forces, badasses to the man. In fact, my uh, my interpreter was former Peshmerga. I mean, I love them. Unfortunately, they weren't allowed in Iraq. They were supposed to be up in the autonomous region of Kurdistan, and they were down here. Not only were they down here doing operations, (laughs) they were actually part of the Iraqi army. Can you say conflict of interest? I say conflict of interest. It was a conflict of interest, interest. and I wrote it down and went, boo, that's a conflict of interest. And then it got sent back, whoa, you're a Kurd hater, aren't you? No, This this is what you were asking about. This is the intel. This is the stuff. And um, it, was, it was all politics. They didn't want politics. They wanted rockets and bombs and, and all of that. And I'm like, don't you realize that rockets and bombs are aimed by political figures? Right. This is what if they it, do. If it's
0: not rockets and bombs now, it will be in the future.
1: Exactly. And there was an I election. See. Okay. And the Iraqi army was, was providing security for the election, uh, the election uh, polling places by not allowing any of the Yazidi to come in. So the head of the ZD movement for progress and reform gave me a call. He actually called me on my burner phone because I had a special burner phone. Dope, oh. <laughs> dope. C-R-A. Yeah. 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 counter intel agent. Not the other kind. Do you it's like the show? Voice.
0: I don't want. We're gonna come right back to this, but have you seen the show? Burn Notice.
1: Yeah, I love it. I'm watching it now. I'm
0: rewatching it too. Uh, yeah, I'm on season three. I'm I've already seen it, but.
1: I think. It, it, does burn notice hold a oh, candle no, it's too. bullshit oh, but okay. it's fun i bullshit. figured it's that a some, fun show some things are real some things yeah. are real ish uh-huh. and some things are fun you know that's um, one of those
0: shows where I, it makes me feel more than i am like i'm like oh i can be michael weston and i'm um, you know i can rewire rewire the 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 camera signal to that to make it look like i'm somewhere else and it's like, no, I fucking
1: can't. Yeah, I why don't I, any of that. Why would I do that when I can go to Amazon and get the same damn thing? Yeah, and get exactly. it delivered to me yeah. in two days because I got Prime. Let's make this happen. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> that Burn Notice and
0: Michael Weston. I think that that show was perfect for its time. It came out like what, early two thousands, like two thousand two. Lasted for eight seasons, so it went on to what, like two thousand nine or so. I could be wrong. Here is but... what
1: they captured really, really well. What's that? More than anything. Uh, can I take a guess? Is it the mindset? Mm-hmm. His mindset, but specifically the absolute um wall off nature.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, his um, emotional barrier that he yeah. puts up. Yeah.
1: And he and he, and the reason you know why he does it, and he knows why he does it. And everybody he does it to knows why he does it. But the fact that it is there is the true heartache. You know, everything he does is for is is very love great intentions. but yeah, but he has to use his friends, and his friends know they're being used, mm. and are ready to be used. I mean, Sam Axe, I know, but man. Bruce Campbell is the Bruce Campbell man. is the bomb, mm. but he knew, he knew exactly what it was about, and they were best friends, mm. and he knew he was going to get used. Yes, because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah good show good. Uh, show. It was good. I mean, and he was using him he was reporting him to the FBI so yeah, that's a great show, show.
0: I, it, that was in the first season they promptly dropped that in the second season though I noticed that it's like alright we're done with this FBI bullshit well Let's things evolved yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah, and and they evolved
1: organically too. That,
0: yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, did a great job. Yeah, very good show.
1: The, but the, during the election, getting back to that election, because this is actually something rather important. Which
0: election? The one that you were talking about um, mm-hmm. over with the? Okay, yeah, all right. So, so yeah, the head of
1: Yazidi guy. All right, tangent
0: over. Let's get back to
1: that. Gave me a call. Okay. on my burner phone, and said they are not allowing us into the voting into the polling place. We are about to attack, and I and my rapport was so good with these people, I said. You will not do that. <laughs> you will stop. You will stand down and give me twenty minutes. And he said, "Okay." So well, I so I ran from where I was. Can I ask
0: why did he call you in the first place to tell you that he was about to attack?
1: Because he let me. He wanted. He wanted. He knew he was going to die. <laughs> I mean, if he attacked, they. Right. I mean, they were the armed. Suicide they were well armed. But he wanted. To, he wanted to make sure that Jeff knew what happened that day. Okay,
0: okay, wow. So
1: I, I go stroking up a quarter, half a mile up to the TOC, um, Tactical Operations Center, just as fast as Come. I can go. And I get to the radio room, and I'm like, look, because our people were providing overwatch um, of the election thing, and they see nothing wrong. You know, they see the Iraqi army providing security as far as they understand it. They don't know that that this whole subset of people are being disallowed because they are not recognized as Kurdish. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know the shit that's about to hit the fan and the absolute slaughter that's about to happen. So I go running up and I'm like, the Iraqi army's not letting people vote. They're they're stopping people because of their political affiliation. You gotta sh- you know, you gotta get in. And the guy's like I'll radio in and see what I can find. And he calls in to the guys providing Overwatch, going, um, "Do you see anybody not allowed to vote up there?" And they're like, "Well, we're moving in now, and we'll we'll take a closer look." So our guys move in. Of course, as soon as our guys move in, the Iraqi army, diddy mouths out because they know they're doing wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they're shoop, and they're out of there. I get another call. when They're letting us in. We're voting now. Ten thousand people. Voted, ten thousand Yazidi voted, and because of that, because of that, they got one voice, one voice in parliament.
0: Whoa, one. Who was it? Do you know?
1: I don't remember. Some fucking yeah. turd. I got, I got a picture of him in the box somewhere. Did he, did he do well? Did he? Do I don't good know. Good? I, okay. I don't think he that's did. Not the Actually, point. The point. that's not is... what the point. They haven't had a voice in their own government yeah. since World War One, probably before. They got a voice because I. Because he called me first, before fighting. Mm. Uh, I saved, and he he told me this. He said, um, you probably saved around 10,000 people that day. This guy told me that. How
0: how how did did that make you feel? How do you feel?
1: I did a heroic thing. (laughs) Um, And I didn't mean to. I, was no, just, but that's what makes it no, heroic. And it, no, here's the cool
0: thing. You weren't doing it because you were being heroic. You were doing it because it's the right thing, and it's what do you, you know wanted to do. Do you know
1: the difference between a miracle and magic?
0: Um, God? I, no, I don't know.
1: Magic is intentional.
0: Okay. And a miracle. A miracle?
1: What happened that day was a miracle. I had mm. no idea it was going to happen. Didn't was not what I was planning. I was enjoying my first cup of chai that day. I yeah, was just okay. settling down. Yeah, and yeah. then the shit hit the fan and i didn't even think about it i just ran up and did that and because uh, this happened this fell into place because this fell into place these people got a voice because these people got a voice they had representation in a government that we were that was being created none of it was intentional i was enjoying my chai and i somehow fell into saving 10,000 people according to him i don't know it could be completely bullshit no, uh, let's
0: go with it, man. You know, if you ever write a book, it should be titled, I Was Just Enjoying My ti- My Chai."
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was some pretty girl. I think she was a bikini model. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Listen to Dalton's podcast. <laughs>
1: well, here's the problem. When we, when we pulled out of that area, I knew I knew the Kurds were going to retaliate. I knew it. Uh, in fact, we, we picked up some of their stuff they were going to retaliate with. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. But they pulled us out because there weren't rockets and bombs there. Um, so they had no tactical, the Yazidi had no tactical value and they had a voice. They were in good place and we needed our resources everywhere else. So we pulled out and six months, was it six months? I don't think it was even six months. The largest single coordinated strike happened in Adnanya and Katania, which are the Yazidi hometowns. 437 people died, died.
0: (laughs) As a retaliation of what happened that day.
1: No rockets or bombs, though. Right?
0: What does that make you feel in regards to our military? Well,
1: we try. Yeah, yeah. But we don't see the value of some things.
0: It's a little selfish, it seems.
1: Well, they're self serving They should be self They're They're protecting their own. They shouldn't be protecting their own. That's how you keep an army alive, is by protecting your army. I get it.
0: Still doesn't make it any easier.
1: I came home. I was laughed at. What? Because I went up against my team sergeant. He said, oh, they're all liars. They don't mean anything. Who who were liars? The Yazidi? Yeah. Okay. The same Yazidi that uh, CIA was, um, the, the special forces were reporting on and other special people were reporting on yeah they were important they're incredibly important they were living
0: breathing people with heartbeats
1: well not 437 of them yeah yeah um so you got laughed at i got i was laughed at because you know but whatever i'm used to being laughed at. I'm a nerd what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> true, true uh when i left in 2013 and I was still, uh, I you know I got over that stuff because you know the guy who who was the real fool, he he couldn't be the one that that took the fall for being foolish and not seeing the value, so I became the fall guy for that. And I'm going uh, whatever, you know what I did a good thing at the time. And then when this hit, that that demoralized me strongly.
0: How did you find that out that that had happened? The four hundred thirty-seven Intel guy. What do you think? <laughs> the The same guy who called you?
1: Uh, no, he died.
0: He was one of the four hundred thirty-seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <sighs> as well as his sons, uh. and uh, his wife, and um, and the people that, that ran the cantina, that made sure I had chai every day. And,
0: um, people that you interacted with, that you were friends
1: with. People I knew. Yeah. I w- they invited me to weddings. No, sh- 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 they invited me to weddings. Did you go? Yeah, absolutely. What are their weddings like? I bet they're a lot of fun. Oh, they're great. Uh, every Thursday, you hear gunfire going off. It's yeah. not the terrorists. They're having a damn wedding. It was amazing. <laughs> cool. And uh, they wanted me there, and that was considered a high point for me to, for, for American soldiers in general, to be there and they, they really wanted me to be there specifically they, they made a joke because I, I was the first person that listened to them I was the first person that actually wrote about them and so they wanted to talk to me nobody else not the special guys not the SF they wanted to talk to me and my boss who just hated that because you know how they all lie <laughs> so he hated the fact that this little E3 spec four nothing was uh was being talked to, <laughs> and they made a joke. And he about probably it.
0: couldn't even understand it either.
1: No, he could he
0: he couldn't fathom the fact. He couldn't understand wrap his little mind about around the fact that it's because you listened
1: to them and you cared about them. Just to show you how much they talk, because <laughs> our interpreters um, were Yazidi as well, the local interpreters, not the ones that had the clearance, just the ones that are doing the general grunt work. Um, my team sergeant, as a joke. As a joke, put, you know, vote for Jeff Yazidi King and put it outside of our door in our barracks. And one of the interpreters saw it and spread that out. So the next time the big wig comes in to talk to me, because he talks to me nice and regular, he's like, you know, good morning, my king. <laughs> As a joke, you know, sure, twinkling still, his eye and everything. I'm like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> the the big wig of the Yazidis? Yeah. Okay, cool. The, yeah, the we'll head, sure of the, uh, head of the political party, sure, yeah, them, uh, and uh, a well-regarded man in his in his own right. But I mean, it got back to him like in days, so I became the Yazidi king, and it was <laughs> what <laughs> you know again, all tongue in cheek. Right. You know? Yeah. Of course. But yeah, they, I, I, yeah, they didn't actually when, think of you as their king, but still. yeah, right. But you know, they made they played with it and that was the kind of rapport i had with them is we could play with each other we could enjoy each other um one of the things i was asked to do is get pictures of all the major people all the political heavy hit heavy hitters right so i went to one of their weddings they all wanted to have a picture taken of me so i took a picture of all of them you know all <laughs> these ridiculous pictures yeah. and they are just proud as punch that they are getting pictures meanwhile i'm collecting all of their faces and their names and reporting back Cause that's what I was tasked to do.
0: Whoa, Yeah. Jeff. I mean, that's <laughs> like t- two birds with one stone. Well, so, you know, I like to be efficient. Um, <laughs> so, 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 wait. So, so, okay. You d- did you feel bad about doing that? Mm. I mean,
1: that's what you. This
0: you're supposed to. do. They needed later, to then.
1: know about. Okay. We yeah. didn't want them to do harm. To and I was actually getting, okay, see these people that you think don't exist? Not only do they exist, but they make great lamb. So here <laughs> it is. <laughs> so well, you should get to know them because You that's should really get to know them because this shit's off the chain. <laughs> yeah. And they're chai phenomenal. I still haven't gotten a decent cup of chai since I left Iraq. I swear to God. It's um, good to know. Yeah. That's why it's every chai I've ever thing. had. Just, I don't.
0: I've only had chai maybe like four times. Oh, this stuff was amazing. And one time uh. was pretty good. Other than that, I was like, oh, will, what is Will this? ho for chai. That's all I'm saying.
1: What? Oh, will ho. Oh, will chai. ho for chai. There be a <laughs> sign right there. Will ho for chai. Um. But it. So no, I didn't feel about bad about that at all. Um. I felt bad that we were leaving, but I was already gone. I couldn't do anything about that. Yeah, right. It's not like you um, get a choice but they that. died, even though I told them. I ga- I told them how they were going to do it. You know who was going to do it. You know the best possible routes. Blah 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 blah. And I got completely ignored because I was already out of the field. Why would they care? Why should they care? We were leaving. Why should they care? Here's why they should care. Okay. Why? Remember when ISIS suddenly exploded? in Syria and came forth where did they come through the Sinjar area and the Yazidi and they went after the the Iraqi army with such vehemence and virulence that they pushed they pushed the the Iraqi army that we were supposed to be training but we left a little early because it looked good politically hmm. they weren't ready then they got overwhelmed leaving all of the material tanks guns everything for the for ISIS. So they occupied the Sinjar region all the way up to Mosul and then began the Sinjar mountain genocide where they were killing and enslaving all the Yazidi that I was reporting on. Now they wanted to talk about them. Now they were interested in them. Oh my god, this is horrible. Where the hell were you in 2005 and 6 when they didn't have any rockets and bombs? So
0: on top of all of that, what you're saying is that the ISIS came in and they and they not only Committed this genocide, but they also took our supplies that, w- that we left behind for them? That yeah, is, well, that correct? we left
1: behind for the Iraqi army. Right, for the Iraqi army. Not, when not they, ISIS, when but they, the Iraqi yeah, army. Yeah, when they swept through and took Mosul and, and Tal Afar and all that, um, the Iraqi army retreated, and they couldn't retreat. And they left all of it. Oh, yeah, they left all of it. Wow. Now, here's the funny thing.
0: That It's not funny already? Oh, it's hysterical. Yeah. I, I meant that fecesis. I know.
1: Okay. The Kurds. You know the people that were, you know, doing stuff and you know really bad. Mm-hmm. They helped the Yazidi. They brought them into their fold. They rescued them. They did some amazing stuff and brought them to and and brought them into the Kurdish army. <laughs> they were there when we wouldn't be. Figure it out, man, because I sure can. Are they our friends? Are they our enemies? Are they our frenemies? And I guess the only answer there is they will do what is in their interest, just like we did. Just like we did. Yeah. Just like the Yazidi do.
0: When So when you say that it looks good politically to bring us out of Iraq, mm-hmm. when was this? What year?
1: Uh, that was one of Obama's campaign promises. They were going to bring that us out w- in 100 days.
0: I remember that, and he did it.
1: Yeah, he did
0: and, and and I'm not trying to get political. I, I just want mm. to understand the time frame. Um, that's all. That's well,
1: all. he didn't understand that he it would create a power vacuum uh-huh. if the Iraqi army were not trained up enough. And we still – we were already drawing down. We were already pulling out. Bush was already saying, you know, once we pull people out, we're not going to put them back. We're not going to put anybody back to replace them. We're just going to leave a well-trained Iraqi army in our place as we leave. Sounds good on paper. That's what he was trying to do. Yes. Um, and that's what we were doing. We had MTT teams, uh, mobile training uh, teams. That's what MTT stands for, mobile training team, uh, teaching the Iraqi army how to be soldiers and um, and how to fight and how to fight the American way, which seemed to be successful. Instead of just you know shooting your gun up in the air and looking like a badass, you actually aim at what you're trying to hit. Right. Yeah. Um, and mentally prepared to yeah. do that. Yeah. You can be a badass when you can walk away from the field knowing that your enemy is dead. You know. <laughs> I think that's the only way. To um, be a badass. Yeah, well, that's one in, in way. that regard.
0: Mm-hmm. So you guys left ahead of schedule, and they, so they left. Fully uh, our
1: oh, we left. I was already gone. I was already out of the okay, country. I out of. We, moved as, as, we American as Americans troops. left too early. We left a power vacuum because um, American politics and American uh, military strategy is horrifically short-sighted. Sounds like it. And we, we, for political expedience, we wanted to get out so we can go. Hey, look, we got out like we said we were. Aren't we awesome? Well, yes, we are. But in the process, these guys over here just got to commit a, a genocide in the in the power vacuum that you created so that you can look good. The hell you doing? What does that region look like now? Uh, according to my contacts. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, Jeff. All right, Jeff. It has been leveled. Um, It is – there is a parliament. Um, The first thing that – the first thing they did was they voted in some of the most religious fucktards you could possibly get in there. You know, they're pious enough to run the government. I'm like, okay, you're fighting a thousand years of evolution here. Uh, uh, A thousand (laughs) years of of, of behavioral training. It's it's just going to happen. But at least they had a voice to vote somebody in like that. So, okay, whatever. Um, There are still some squabbles. Um, ISIS has been pushed back. Uh, They're like
0: essentially non-existent now, right? Or am I, right. Could I be wrong? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, they they were pushed back. We you know with our help and the Kurds' help and the Iraqi Army help, they they pushed them back. And they they um. It's leveling out and becoming a uh, their own country, Kurdistan, um, which you know one of the big propaganda things for the Kurds was you know we want to restore Kurdistan. Kurdistan never existed. <laughs> it was literally a propaganda dream. It was a pipe dream. Uh, it never existed. The closest they got was the autonomous region of Kurdistan. But guess what? Now they got themselves a Kurdistan. They have a Kurdistan now. They, I, I believe so. and they owned it. Uh, they de- they deserved it. they they fought for it and they cool. carved it out of a piece of Iraq. So
0: meanwhile and they're creating their own history over there. yeah? Mm-hmm. man. It's weird to think about that. I think about that sometimes when I'm just yeah, you know, just in my in my random thoughts about the fact that there are wars being fought that have nothing to do with America.
1: They have everything to do with America. What do you mean? one of the reasons why we we connected into iraq in the first place during the iraq iran war was uh iran hated us and and wanted to hurt us and they were having this war with iraq over a little piece of the of the serbian bay or whatever the fuck they got the gulf there you go um and so we help we helped put saddam hussein in power I don't know if you realize that i did not is that what was that desert storm no that was pr- well pre desert Storm. oh it did, that's that different was that was escalating. during the 70s that Sorry, was okay. for 70s or 80s um my history uh, part of the histories
0: my history my, my world history is great up until world war Two. after that vietnam korean war desert uh, yeah, storm, I guess i'm little, not i'm personally not very yeah at well it.
1: there's a whole lot of playing in the sand that that we right. we did during the whole cold war because we're running pocket anyway apologies um, okay so we, we set him in, we set him up there, and he ran a very successful, fairly secular government in a region that was not at all secular. It was very religious, uh, theologically based. Uh, it was a theocracy. Look at Iran. You know when they had the fundamentalists come in and the Ayatollah Khomeini and they grabbed. Our, yeah, we this was a this was a, this was a secular bastion in an ocean of of religion. And so yeah, he was our buddy, he was our pal until he started doing some stupid stuff with Kuwait, who was also our buddy and our pal. And we had to go in and we had to spank him for 100 days. And uh, that kind of cooled our relationship with him very strongly. Uh, and then when he used, remember those weapons of mass destruction that he didn't have, that he used on the Kurds? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the ones that we sold them for Iran. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he used them okay. on the Kurds, that So we knew we like had them. And that was our excuse to go in because we were afraid Al-Qaeda was going to get them. And Al-Qaeda was already pissed off at us, you know, after throwing a couple of planes at our buildings. And um, that's why we went in. And uh, That all makes sense now. Yeah. And, and everyone was like, that's for a while. No, no, no. You know? yeah. Well, we had no right to be there. Well, we thought we did because of our intel said, you know. And if, uh, uh, um, what was his name, Clinton hadn't completely cored out. Was it Clinton? Yes, it was, before yes, Bush. It was yeah. Clinton. Uh, okay. If Clinton had completely cored out our human intel guys, we would be able to know this, you. Yeah. you know, but he pulled us out because he had this idea of, well, you know, at this point we have uh, technology that we can, we, we have satellites that can see driver's licenses at our, our license plates at 200 miles above the earth. Well, it's fantastic, but a building has never been attacked by a driver's license. It's been attacked (laughs) by swarthy guys in the, and you know, you know, in a building somewhere, ironically drinking chai, and you need (laughs) another swarthy-looking guy listening very carefully and then reporting back. You need human intelligence, which is what I did, and that is what we collected, and that is that was incredibly important. We didn't have it, so. Even though we had all the intelligence coming in, we didn't have the pieces to put it all together. We didn't have that final that final thing to unlock to know it was coming. Mm, that makes um, sense. But the intel that we did have, which was, you know, kind of, you know after the fact, was that that those weapons of mass destruction that iraq didn't have was going to be sold to al-qaeda and so we we had to go nope 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 so we went in there because we had just been attacked by al-qaeda we knew they were bad guys we knew they wanted to do stuff we did not want our weapons of mass destruction coming back to us even if we did keep the receipts
0: (laughs) wow that okay that i understand why we went in then i guess i never really fully understood it
1: and then it became political um yeah that when we couldn't find it we couldn't find it it. we couldn't find it Um, well, it became stupidly political. When I came home, I knew what I had seen. I knew what I had done. And even if I couldn't talk about it, I knew what was out there. And I come home and I start watching the news, CNN, and I'm like, are they reporting on the same war that I was just in, that we as Americans are still in? Are they reporting any of this? No. They were talking about the politics of it.
0: Yeah. Not surprising, but also unfortunate. So you say that these other fights for independence and everything are based on America. Mm.
1: They either love us and want to be us.
0: Or they hate us and want to end us.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I get it. We are, I mean... We are such fucking hypocrites. <laughs> we you are, don't say. We are absolutely <laughs> empirical in our attitudes, but we really do honestly try to do the right things. And sometimes we even make a mistake and do that.
0: You know? <laughs> I love how you say we make a mistake and do that. Um, what do they say that the road to hell is, is paved, paved with good, is intentions. good intentions? And
1: you know what? We have a whole group of people that are really good at laying brick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We are if we weren't so amazing, we wouldn't have the problem with with people coming here illegally. Nearly as much. If we were a shitty country, yeah, would do, you want to huh. would you want to run away from your family and your friends and everything that you know and come to a place that's worse than the place you're leaving? No.
0: I know a few people here, and I won't name them, but I know I know a few people who are living in America. And they have family overseas in different countries. Most of them are close. They're, um, they're, they're like around the Bahamas and, and they're you know, in Central America. And they're they're living here making four times more than they could ever make in their home countries. And they are sending half of their money back to their family. So both themselves and their family are able to live comfortably in their respective countries. And that is what it's about. Back in when I worked, uh,
1: back when I worked at uh, TGI Fridays, that I can talk about. Um, as oh a, no! Oh, a oh Jeff, we had yeah, we had a, watch we had a Nigerian <laughs> um, dishwasher, uh-huh. older guy. I bet that
0: motherfucker worked harder than the rest. He of He was now.
1: amazing. He was yeah. always smiling and just washing the he's dishes. He's having a great time, and he's great in Nigeria. He and he would and he would go every six months. He would go back to Nigeria to visit his family, who's still there, mm-hmm. and to take care of his business, which is which he was sending money to support his very successful Nigerian taxi company. He owned taxis; they were all BMWs. And, and Whoa, it was like, cool! Right. Well, then BMWs are kind of eh, normal. Everybody had BMWs in, in Iraq. Because, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Um, I just mean as a taxi. Normally, yeah. it's like a Ford. I mean, here, Victoria he's a or dishwasher. Something. Yeah. Here he is working what is unarguably the shittiest of shitty jobs uh, yeah. you could, and smiling the whole time. Because he knows back home his family's happy. His family is well taken care of, is incredibly mm. well off, and he is seen as a damn hero. And he is here, and appreciating everything that he gets here. And we oh. had a, we had some militant people there talking about. The freedoms of this person or that person, or this, this Nigerian is like these people. These kids here don't even know what freedom is. Yeah, they have no clue. Yeah, because they just sitting, have it. Yeah, already. he's just sitting there, washes. I mean, again, we're the Californians of the world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, the, the 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 um the episode
0: subtitle is the title is going to be world. Jeff Haynes, part one and part two, and the subtitle is going to be the California of the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, we have so much and so much potential, and we have so much talent and we wasted on squabbling with each other, um, over stupid shit.
0: It really gives me some anxiety sometimes thinking about how hard we try to be different from each other or how hard we, we look at our differences. Yeah, We look at our
1: differences. Um, none of our commonalities, you know, (laughs) it's all about what, okay. Um, emo Phillips. Do you remember him? uh I, that, that he a was bell. a comedian he was kind okay. of, uh, he was eh, i don't <laughs> think he was incredibly talented but every once in a while he you would find some bit of of absolute pearl of wisdom mm-hmm. and wry wit that snuck up on you while he was busy doing a, a silly little voice bit but uh, he made mention he was walking down the street and he was walking across a bridge and there was a guy about to jump across the bridge, uh, jump down, you know, commit suicide. He's like, "What are you mm-hmm. doing?" He's like, oh, "I want to end my life." He's like, "Well, don't you understand? I mean, that's 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 a, a sin." I mean, do you believe do you believe in God? He's like, "Yeah, I believe in God." And emo's like, "Really? Me too." Um, what what denomination are you? And he's like, "Well, I'm Pentecostal." And the guy's like, "Really? Me too." And he's like, are you are you um, a Methodist or are you uh, a Calvinist? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm a, Cal- a Calvinist. He's like, wow, so am I. Me too. We have so much in common. Are you? And, and he kept going down these different divisions of Christianity and finally got to one of which he wasn't. And he's like, die, heretic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, and he totally roped you in. And, and God, he, he did oh, such a wonderful job. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. See, Jeff, there I love that. I thought we, I,
0: this whole time I was like, he's going to go where he's going to say that this guy, Emo Phillips, fa- literally lied to say that they had commonality so that this man would think someone had commonality with him and it would talk him off. But it went differently to where it, it, it went to show the opposite of how we will find in all of our commonalities we'll find our differences that just difference. so we can have that 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 strong yeah. emotion of hatred and anger <laughs> yeah so i not like explain your joke there i'm just no, 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 that no, was the explain it cuz i told it so badly i probably needed it no it made um, it, it, it made complete sense and and man that that really speaks to the way that america is our society is right now and that deeply saddens me man because you you could you could both be uh, have like 10 different things in common and then you find that one thing that, that you really are passionate about and that other person kind of disagrees with mm-hmm. like oh man you you hate keanu reeves and think he's a bad actor well i love keanu reeves and he's a fantastic actor so fuck off and i don't ever want to see you again
1: yeah something like that
0: sorry i just love keanu but
1: here's he I, yeah, I i like him too not right, because cool. of his acting we're straight because um, I, I love him but not because of his acting yeah no he, he's a great person because of everything else about him yes, yeah i agree um you know, people talk about how how horrible this country is, but you want to know how great it is. I can show you. I can absolutely straight up show you. You walk down the street, and you know what you're going to see. Uh, you know, some little suburb somewhere, little ha- little pocket houses, all that. What you're going to see at the end of every driveway is a mailbox. mailbox. And every mailbox has mail. Doesn't have a lock. It just has mail in there. There's all kinds of, who knows what the hell's in there? Could be checks, could be vape juice. It could be gold Dildos. bars. You don't know. And neither, did anybody, neither, neither does anybody else. But people aren't sitting there stealing mail. By and large, 99.9% of the people are going to leave that mailbox alone because it's not theirs. And that's people. That's these people. We are inherently good people, despite what the newspapers and the media and shock jocks, what all these people try to say about us on a local level, on an individual level. If you see someone on the ground, you pick him up. You see somebody hurting, you heal them. You, as a person, not a movement, not a government, a person, That that is America, that. Wow.
0: That's, I mean, you said it right. I, 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 I don't even, I'm not going to say anything more because you said everything that there is to say regarding that.
1: So let's talk about uh, motorcycles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeff, no, honestly, let me, take, let me take 30 seconds just to say thank you. Thank you because I didn't, I didn't know how level-headed and passionate you were. And it <laughs> means a lot. It means a lot to me to be able to see this side of you because this side of you is, is, is a side that I have within me myself. And I think a lot of people out there do have as well. And a lot of people are maybe sad that they're not able to show it. And a lot of people don't even know that they have it and want to find it and and don't realize that they have that longing for it. Maybe it's that dark hole that's in them. You know, we all have that, like, void that we're missing. How you know, it's a lost possibly? love or it's a pet that died or something or God, if you, if you want to go that route. I think it's just
1: uh, – there's, there's a thousand little platitudes and simple yeah. little memes, you know. All of them have an element of truth and ring a little bit. And all of them ultimately say the same, you know. If, if you find yourself in darkness, be the light.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the greatest thing you can carry is a smile. I swear to God. Walking into a place with a smile. I, I I'm not a very smiley person unless I'm around people that I genuinely love. I, normally, I'm, I'm, I'm in my own thoughts. I'm very much a thinker. And I'm thinking about the world around me and I'm very much out in the audience, even in real life. I'm thinking about how I look to that person or that chick or that guy right over there. I'm thinking about what they think about me. I hate it. It's a curse, but it's what's going on. And, and it, it makes me forget that I have the option, very much the option to enjoy where I am right the fuck now. I can be I can be happy right now and I have many things I can be happy for. Many things I can be sad about, but I don't have I, I can choose not to be. I can choose to be happy about the things that I, I have to be happy about. My mom loves me. My dad's also alive. I have a I have four amazing sisters in my life. I always go to family first. Are I've got a beautiful cute? dog. I have a one bedroom apartment that I can afford. I get to work from home during a pandemic. I have things that I can be happy about, but still I walk into Quick Trip thinking, oh, shit, I hope that guy knows that I opened that door because I care about him. You know what I mean? <laughs> when maybe, just maybe, there's been times, Jeff, when I'm like, I go out there and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to smile at people today. People are going to know that Dalton's in a good mood because, well, fuck why. I'm just am. Mm-hmm. But my internally, my reason is because I choose to be. And I walk in and, I, and, I, and, and dude, it's so much easier to start a conversation with someone when they are not, guarded. So when you show, when you show that you're happy and and you have no walls up, People are more interested in talking to you. They'll open up about themselves. I was wearing a pink polo hat. I don't even remember how I found this hat. I think it was at the lake or something. <laughs> I walked into Walgreens the other day to go get some ice cream, and I'm about to check out, and the girls the, – and I, and I was in that that mood where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to smile. I'm not going to let anything get me down. I'm about to get some ice cream, mint chocolate cookie. It's going to be delicious, and I was in a good mood. and So I walk up to the counter smiling, and this girl who I've seen 10 times now – The first time we actually had a conversation and what was different about me, I was smiling. And you know what she said? She immediately commented on my hat, said that it looked great on me and asked if she could have it because it's pink. And she was like, that would, I, I, I was like, honestly, I'd be willing to give it to you because it doesn't match anything that I'm wearing. And then she went on to talk to me about how, well, that's the style these days. We all, everybody's mismatched. And and then I was like, well, I guess I've been doing it right my whole life. And she was like, well, honestly, can I have that hat? And I was like, well, I mean, no, I love this hat. And she was like, well, I have a red one. And then she proceeds to take out her phone and show – meanwhile, there's people in line waiting. And, and, and I, I, I'm aware of that. I look over and I say, hey, I'm sorry. Give us a second. And they smile. I smiled at them when I said it. They, the Smile is such a disarming thing. And so she shows me her the picture of her hat. It's literally like the same hat. I'm colorblind though, so maybe it was a little <laughs> darker. It looked exactly pink, but she swears it was red. So, okay. Then – and I know I'm being long-winded with this. I'm about to end. So I told her, "Hey, next time I come in here to get some ice cream, I and you, if you're wearing that hat, I promise you, will 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 I'll trade with you." And Jeff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live up to that. If I ever walk in there to get my ice cream, which is only like a couple times a month, so you know it might never happen. But you never. What if she's out there wearing a hat every day, waiting for me to change it, give it what to her? What if
1: she's waiting for you? <laughs> She's waiting. My she future is, wife, and right no, there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not even in that regard. I know. I know. Just no, and and that's that's true. I mean, it's oh, like okay, you, you're you, serious. You, yeah, know. yeah. You throw a pebble in the in the in the water. It's just a damn pebble, but it ripples out it into ripples. something. What if, in some small way, she's waiting for you? She she's going to work. I gotta give her that she, hat. She's I going, gotta go. She's going to work. Can you drive? And for whatever <laughs> reason, she she stops for a moment and doesn't even remember why. But she grabs her hat, throws it in the car, puts it on her head, and goes, because some part of that, some part of you said, "I'll trade hats with you." Yeah, she's waiting for you. And maybe she's maybe
0: maybe she's waiting for someone to prove that they can stand by their word. Maybe. And that will
1: and does she even know the faith that in she's humanity? waiting for you?
0: I don't know, man. That's 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 some existential shit, but right the end, there. Does it matter? What? doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. In the grand when scheme you, of things.
1: When you pull, and I've done this more than a few times. I, you, you see somebody pulled over on the side of the road, and you pull my over. My initial is,
0: thought is to be mad at the cop, but go well, on. Uh, no, I mean, okay, funny. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm, tr- I'm serious. Somebody's
1: broken them. down or, or somebody, whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And you, you just stop to help them. Mm-hmm. You know? They mean literally nothing to you. Yeah. You don't know them. They do them. not affect your You're life. not expecting some huge romantic moment or something afterwards. Doesn't matter. This magic
0: moment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but you help them. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's what you do. Because it's and you the don't human even know why them. you do it. You just do.
0: Maybe. Maybe because if you were in the same situation, you hope that someone like you would be there.
1: Yeah, it requires too much thought. You don't you don't <laughs> I mean, go, well, karmically speaking, I could probably use to balance the scales. No, fuck right, that. Right, right, no, right, you right, go, right, right, Oh right. dude, that person's in trouble. I wonder what they need. Boom, you've pulled over before you even realize. You don't think about it. You just do it. That is the n- inherent goodness that is people,
0: at least our people that I know of. I truly believe, Jeff, that we are inherently good and we are taught to hate. There you go. When I see that, oh, when I see someone who is full of hate and is hateful towards, you know, me or a group had of people. They have to practice anything, that
1: shit. Yeah.
0: Something, some. It does take practice. They, yeah. They're, they are a master at being hateful, which means that, that at one point they were a beginner. So what happened before that? Or what happened to cause that? It's a question that goes through
1: my mind. They right? were probably an apt pupil. You know, ignorance can be taught just as well. Yes. <laughs> and, and the funny thing, I always mm. thought that ignorance would, was literally um, y- you don't know. But you can teach ignorance. So you actually train people to not know. You can train people to well, not. Well, at that point, it's not ignorance. It's stupidity, isn't it? I, you know. <laughs> tra-
0: it's, uh, it's conscious stupidity,
1: maybe. Yeah, well, well, then it's trained. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see so what you So it can't going. be ignorance anymore. It can't be ignorance anymore. No, at a certain and, point, and it I'm ceases said to be this. ignorance. I said this to a, to a lady at work. It was fantastic. And my boss went, huh! oh, what you say? Oh, well, this makes sense. Um, well, I was helping her with an IT problem, because nerd. And uh, <laughs> yeah, right. she's like, I am so stupid about these things. And uh, I'm like, you're not stupid, ma'am. You're ignorant. And she went, what? And I'm like, let me explain. Yeah, hold up. <laughs> what do you do for a living? And she's like, I'm in real estate. And I'm like, and you're amazing at that, aren't you? She's like, yes, I'm very good. And I'm like, I know nothing about real estate. Nothing. In that regard, I am ignorant. It means I do not know. Doesn't mean so that what I would you do, don't have
0: the uh you, you don't have the capability of knowing.
1: Yeah, it just means I don't know. If I need to know, I will come to somebody who is smart, which would be you, just like you have come to me about your computer thing, because I am smart about that. Nothing wrong with being ignorant unless you want to stay that way. And she's Ooh. like, "Ooh, that makes sense." Whoa, Jeff! You no, know? man, no. That—that's you said it right there. Yeah, not knowing is a great place to start. Yeah, you know, having an empty glass is so much better than having a, a glass full of stupidity, because then you got to <laughs> yeah. empty that shit out first. Yeah, you know, that tastes a little stale. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I see what you—yeah, because you have to get rid of that.
1: You have to unlearn it.
0: Yeah. Whoa, Jeff, that's dope, man. Yeah. All right, let's end that segment with that, and let's finish out. We're at about two in, two hours, seventeen minutes.
1: Jesus but. wept. Have I been talking that long about yes, you me? Have. I am boring as shit. How did you get, t- how did you ring two hours out of me?
0: Jeff, I told you when you came here, man, like I don't, I, I, I you were a rarely, master. You're amazing. You will rarely hear yeah. me talk like highly of myself, but I did this because I thought I had a chance of being good at it. I was yeah. like, you know uh, what? This
1: you'll be able to use about 15 minutes. You know, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You Let like me say of... one thing. It keeps creeping up in my head. I said something earlier. Okay, the yeah, what? The difference that? between a miracle and magic is a magic is magic is intentional. Mm-hmm. Here's the best example of magic I can think of recently. Okay. Last weekend. I like it. I like it. My daughter and I made apple butter together. Homemade apple butter, <laughs> and that shit tastes awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> apple butter is dope. How did you? What? What? Did you, what was? Oh, we where were, are
1: you? Wait. Let's get back to that. But where are you going with this? I think that I was know magic. It. Hmm. That was magic. It was an intentional, amazing thing that was crafted, and it was pure. It was it was love and industry and and creativity and bonding and that's that's magic.
0: That was a lot of things. Y'all were creating something. Y'all were creating something physical, and you were creating something metaphysical as well.
1: Yeah, that's magic.
0: That's beautiful, man. Ooh, that gives me tingles. <laughs> I feel magic creeping up in my bones, got go. into my fingertips. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't know why I had I had to come back to that because it has no place where we were just talking except well, that's, that's for it has every place where we're talking Yeah, because yeah. we are, I mean, we all have the opportunity to intentionally make magic every day. Remember that an analogy I made about the ripples in the pond? Yes. How long did you dwell on the stone? It was the ripples you noticed. The stone is insignificant, except for its one impetus. It's one thing that it created. You might be insignificant, yes, but what you create, what you do, what you make ripples out and touches every other ripple, every other shore. Yeah, Yeah. I don't mind being insignificant. At all, <laughs> because I,
0: you have the faith in the fact you have the faith in your ripples. Yeah, that's another that's another episode faith subtitle right ripples. there.
1: Have <laughs> faith in your ripples. Hey, I was just here for the chai. <laughs> I should have made <laughs> you some chai. Would I have you up for for the next time? Oh my God, there's a next time. Are you a glutton for punishment? Is this a toxic relationship about to happen? <laughs> You're not gonna win. That I'm not gonna get You're out. You're not of. gonna win. I'm
0: gonna stay in because I'm I'm <laughs> fueled You're by those Some <laughs> pot invested. Some
1: pot invested.
0: All right, All just right. like Joe Rogan. No, wait. Enough with <laughs> <you>. <laughs> existential uh, dread. Period is over. Give me like 15 minutes of motorcycles because I I know that that's your biggest love. I want to talk about that with you. It's Tell me about your love. first time. It's it not, your biggest not love. my biggest love.
1: What's your biggest love? My daughters.
0: Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, okay.
1: Do In you fact, talk about th- I've been I've been incredibly happy because my youngest daughter, who's sitting over there playing with your dog mm-hmm. and and playing with your paints. And trying to ignore us completely, I just got her into motorcycling. She was afraid of motorcycles. But I had to get my motorcycle back from, from Tequila down to Conyers. Okay. And the only way I could get it back was putting her on the back. She was nervous as fuck. And I got her on there. And by the time we got to Snellville, she was enjoying it. Ooh, and by cool. the time we got to Conyers, she's making plans. And I got her a jacket. And I got her boots. And she likes it. Oh. And It's fun. And that has me so excited. I can't – I mean, boing. You know. <laughs> Hard nipples. And my nipples are erect there, with excitement <laughs> because my daughter is sharing. So, and that's another magic right there. Yeah, y'all can you know, imagine. But that – no, actually, Apple that's because that, it wasn't necessarily intentional. I didn't intend oh, for her to enjoy it. But the fact she did was – Wonderful. So instead Wonderful. of
0: magic, that would be a miracle. Uh, that a miracle. well. It wouldn't well, necessarily not. be a miracle. Somewhere in, uh, on that spectrum.
1: It was, it, yeah. If, but it if was,
0: magic is fifty percent, miracles are hundred. That was like a seventy-three.
1: I'll put it a, a good sixty-four. Okay. All right. All right. We're yeah. working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so but how was that ride? It was a great ride, uh, and I I don't think I've ever been so tall in the saddle, having my daughter enjoying it in the back of me. Mm. Uh, it really, was, and she's a great rider. She really is. What and, makes a good rider? Um, as a pillion, as a as a passenger, uh, the ability to stay the fuck out of the way of the driver, okay, that that, that comes in handy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it really does. The ability to to feel the bike in the same way the rider does, okay, without necessarily knowing what the inputs are going to be because they're not making it. But they feel it slowing down, and they can tighten up a little bit. If they feel it leaning, they go with lean. You know, they. Oh,
0: so like physics, like just understanding, like okay, like. And not being afraid
1: of what's happening, even though you are specifically not in control of any of it.
0: That would be tough for me to be a rider. Yeah, Um, I've never been. And and
1: I've had a few good riders in my time, Mm. Um, and that's not a euphemism. Uh, I'm actually talking about (laughs) motorcycles. Still, y'all should Uh, see
0: him. He's humping. He's humping the air right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> and it likes it. <laughs> the Dorn. air has never been more oxygenated. <laughs> we'll, we'll spoon later.
1: Um, <laughs> so um, she want a bike uh, later on? In, yeah, in the she might. And I'm totally cool with that. And I would Dope. be absolutely proud to teach her how to ride. And insist she take the motorcycle safety course. Because as as good of a teacher as I may or may not be. And I'm pretty good. as. You know, I can't know everything, and at least then you'll have that under your belt. You took the motorcycle safety course, and, and and how? I mean, I'd been riding for twenty years, fifteen years, and still had to take the motorcycle safety course to be able to get my my motorcycle onto the base.
0: <laughs>
1: and and that was you have to take the course because it's the rules. And I went there I, again. I had been riding for over fifteen years, and I still learned stuff. Man, it's it's the basics. Yeah, back to the basics. And, it's, and it's really it's it's really good. I swear, I did an inch. I did something for
0: insurance when I was seventeen years old, sixteen mm-hmm. or seventeen. I just got my license. and did it in my truck. I had my truck for about ten years, and it was a a, a safety course. I, it was a, an all day thing. There was like two hours of classroom where we saw a bunch of accidents, and they, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they and they try to teach you not to speed and how to be smart and why it's good to be smart and all that stuff. But then they took you and did the physical stuff mm-hmm. and I had to I had to um, drive as fast as I could towards a cone and then I had to put on my brakes and then feel what the anti lock the, the, the anti lock air you know the air brake system I'm saying that all wrong, I'm sorry, but what the
1: brake <laughs> system felt like felt like when you are going up. through the anti lock yeah. Of it. yeah, 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 <coughs> and, do, do, do,
0: and then the ABS. Do, 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 do. Yeah, and then to and then to have to and then I learned to have to come off my brakes and then apply them again because mm-hmm. a lot of people will just slam on their brakes and just lock keep up. them there. No. Yeah, All no, the you have to are... take off and put them back on again. Yeah. yeah, you you throttle them. Yeah, and 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 then I had to swerve right around a different cone, which was the kid, you know, the pedestrian, and then I had to swerve left and go through the other cones, and I did it perfectly every time. I've always been a good driver, but but doing that course taught me things and also taught me that I can be a good driver. And then I I learned how to. I had to go uh, backwards through cones, so, and they were in parking spaces. And, uh-huh. dude, I can back into any parking space now because of that. See? I didn't have that ability before then, but it taught me how to use my mirrors and how to understand wh- what I'm doing with the steering wheel while I'm looking differently from it. Like, my brain is able to do two things at once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're looking right, and you know that if you move the steering wheel left while going backwards, then you're yeah, going to you're go going. left, not mm-hmm. right. You know, and, and it's things that people take for granted. That their brain can do, but they just never teach them to. And, right. And, and it has saved so, me yeah. Yeah. from three different accidents while I was driving. Nice. Three different accidents, I I can I can attest to the fact that I would have been in them. I would have collided with someone you had you it not been knowledge. for what I learned that day. See, there you go. So I agree with you completely. The fact <laughs> that it's it's good that you took that. that oh, um, it was great. And it
1: was me. fun, too, because I, I was kind of a ringer. I mean, I, I rode to the base on an 1100cc motorcycle, mm-hmm. not a small bike. Mm-hmm. And then they put us on the little 250s. To, to, Gee, it must have felt like a go-kart. Dee- it 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 really did. Yeah. And at one point they're like, "Okay, there's a sweeping left turn. I want you to take it as fast as you can." And I went, "Are you sure?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, let's see what you yeah, let's see what you can do. You got to keep it in the lines, but yeah, go ahead." So here I'm taking this little Ninja 250.
2: Mm-hmm. A
1: little single cylinder nothing. I could have one on each foot and still would would be using half the cc's of the bike that i rode in on you know less than and so i took this bike and i dropped it into this turn so deep i was scraping peg the whole way scraping mm-hmm. peg by the way is when you lean it over enough to where your foot peg actually drags on the ground mm-hmm. and there's and if you're if you're really really lucky there's sparks and it looks really Ooh. really badass and yeah i am just <laughs> all the way through all the way through it and I got to the end of it, stopped right on the line like I was supposed to, and he just looked at me and said, come here. And just, and so I take my bike and come on over to him, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I think you would probably be a very good instructor here. Whoa. <laughs> and I went, that's very kind, think, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm doing this Army thing right now, yeah, so right, right. I, no. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. I <laughs> had a great time. And, and I still, I did learn a lot of things. Um, always will. Scraping peg is not one of them. <laughs> <Kinda> <laughs> you already got knew, that. Kind of already that. had that that that, <laughs> that way to go, pegged, if you will. <laughs> oh! Uh, All right. What is your favorite brand of motorcycle? Uh, ironically, a Buell. A Buell? Buell. What yes. is that? Um, it is an American sport bike. It is one of the finest... American motorcycles you've never heard of. We had this guy Eric Buell in the '70s. Um, he worked for Harley, and uh, he's, he's he he liked Harleys. He likes American, you know, work. And all that, but he's like the problem is there's no sport bikes. There's no and and he was a sport bike rider. He used to race, and he he couldn't race on American bikes because there weren't none. Mm. Um, but he was an engineer and he was smart, and he went. I I think I could probably take one of these American motorcycles engines, you know, the, the venerated v, no, Harley-Davidson V-Twin, shove it into a, a sport bike frame and get some performance out of it if I tune it right. And Harley went, <clears throat> we don't care. <laughs> eh, if you want to. So we did. And he then started making all of these amazing innovations, um, like the fuel in frame. Um, where Okay, you've seen sport bikes. They have these, these big fuck all frames that come off the side that are made of aluminum mm. they're hollow you know what else is, is is hollow a fuel tank so he went hey i got a great idea why don't we use the frame as the fuel tank oh cool that way everything gets centered and it stays low and it and it's it's always at the center and, you know, center of gravity, you're putting everything low into the middle. That means I'm a very short person. I that, know, that, I know yeah. what center of gravity is like. It became, it became incredibly supple and, and agile. Hmm. And so he used that. And so now where the fuel tank was, he put the air box instead and put a big, beefy air box. And then he took uh, the um, uh, Sportster engine uh-huh. and he just modified the snot out of it. And he yanked some horsepower out of that and made this wonderful XB Series up. Uh, the brakes, another innovation he did. Instead of having, because most disc brakes, you'll see them right there on the axle, and they're about this big, and they grab onto them, and they do a great job stopping the axle. He's like, why are you trying to stop the axle? Shouldn't you be trying to stop the wheel? That's what you want to stop. So he took that that big, heavy, hawking disc, and he made it this huge ring and put it outside the wheel. Well, not outside the wheel, but, but on the outside of the of the of the rim, And it could be thinner and it could be lighter and it stops better. And you don't even need two of them anymore. You just need one. So it's lighter and it's, and it's more efficient and it, and it was just amazing. He came up with that innovation and he did all of this amazing, innovative stuff. And at one point he went, you know what? I have reached the absolute limits of what your Harley engine can do. And you won't, really invested in me in a whole lot but i have this engine design i want to try and they're like we well, they don't care so he did and he made uh the helicon rotax engine made by a German company which was the first water-cooled v-twin engine that he stuck in his frame and made a whole new bike and he was pushing 147 horsepower out of a bike that weighed under 400 pounds that's insane that is like a five foot nothing guy with a Ten inch dick. I mean, <laughs> this thing is just a beast, and it knew it. And it was and it knew it. And the funny thing is, it was comfortable. I actually owned one, and he he's like, "All right, put a bike, uh, put a guy in a in the optimal riding position. That's what it looks like. Build the bike around that." Boom! 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 It was comfortable. It was sporty. It was it was Whoa. very flickable. It was amazing. You have sold me on these types. of Yeah. Well, they don't make them anymore. Oh, well, why? Be- he went out of business. He was a great engineer. Remember oh. how I said he was a great engineer? He was a lousy businessman. And and Harley said, you know what, I I understand you have this bike that is now kicking Ducati's ass all over the map, but uh, we want to open up to the European market, so we're going to close down your shop, and we're going to go to Europe and sell our 1947 technology over there. Do you not like Harley? I do not like Harley. Okay. I do not like Harley because they killed Eric Buell's dream. Oh,
0: I see. Yeah, gotcha.
1: And because they could, they, incredibly short-sighted. Short-sighted. They're the American government. They're the American government. (laughs) Yeah. Um... And they had this gold mine that they had invested in him. We would all be writing Buells right now because they were fantastic. So, so okay, but they still exist. Of I, course, I, they still exist. They have a they're... very passionate following. Hmm. Gee, does that look familiar? Um, <laughs> uh, the problem is, I mean, they're 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 limited by the parts you can get. They're limited by right. a lot of things. And they did they weren't without their problems. Usually electrical. Um, he was a mechanical engineer. <laughs> he wasn't necessarily an electrical engineer. Yeah. Right. And uh, with the parts that he had at the time. That's what he had. Uh, so people are still looking for parts for their for their bikes and still getting them uh, getting up and running and still doing amazing things with them. You know, it is it is just an amazing motorcycle. But they don't sell them anymore. Bummer. Yeah. I know. As soon as I can
0: afford one, I'm getting one.
1: Uh, look up a Buell. Good luck. Godspeed. We're all counting on you. Um, <laughs> so basically, you're not going to get one. Well, you'll find one. We'll find one, but
0: it's going to be um, pretty penny, I guess.
1: It, well, look around. Uh, anybody, who's, anybody who has a decent one of those bikes knows what it's worth.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So is it B-U-L-E? B-U-E-L-L. E-L-L. Oh, buell Motorcycles. Mm-hmm. For sale. Let's see. Craigslist. Ooh.
1: Oh, yeah. They're all about Craigslist.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: And they're a, a, a very good following on, on, um, on Facebook, of course, because mm-hmm. we're all old. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I found a, a, a two thousand four Firebolt for oh, five thousand. XB nine or XB twelve. XB nine. Okay, they're, they're that's all nice. right. The twelve is uh, has a little bit more power, but the nine is lighter and more flickable. Look at you, man. This is a pretty. This is, that's a pretty. Oh, light. oh, they're they're all kinds of sexy. You have an O seven I, light. I, I, I went into a Harley dealership when I was out in Monterey just for fun, uh-huh. uh, and I saw uh, one of the eleven twenty five fuck. Yeah, that was all Thank you. Um, I saw an 1125R that had aftermarket um, uh, plastic on it. It was and it looked freaking beautiful. Harley dealership guy didn't know anything about it. Not a problem. I got you covered, fam. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I started telling him about all the individual features of this bike, how much it weighs, dry weight. You know, its its average acceleration, the horsepower, and I ended up I'm with you know with the amount of weight displacement you have here with a with a. With the amount of of reliability, with the size of the engine. By the way, the same engine is being used in the uh, um, Can Am spiders. Um, Whoa, the three wheel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they they are incredibly well built engines. Hmm. Uh, and I'm like, this thing is this thing is more fun than a bucket full of blowjobs. And he lost it at that point. <laughs> it, <Huh. laughs> I don't think I've had a bucket's worth of blowjobs in my life. <laughs> Talk to a friend of mine uh, about okay <laughs> Bules, you sicko. Um, anyway, BJs, uh, Um I like okay, yeah, um, all motorcycles one. have a certain have certain qualities. All um, I've gone the sport bike route, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked uh, Hondas, uh, their CBR series. The thing I, I I love about Hondas is they are exceptional at nothing, <laughs> but they are incredibly competent. At everything. Yeah, yeah. So across the board, they are fantastic. I love them.
0: Remarkably average.
1: Um, above, above average. Okay. On every mark, and, cool. and incredibly reliable. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Suzuki's. Um, and I have a Suzuki now. I have a V-Strom, uh, which is not a sport bike. Not so you'd really notice it, of course. Uh, it's more of an adventure bike. Um, but uh, and and I love it. It's chain drive, and it's a thousand CCs. Uh, it's comfy it's all good as all get out. Uh, I could ride that for days. Um, I love it. Uh, I've tried the, the cruiser route. I had a, a Shadow VT1100, which is a, another Honda. Um, I had a Kawasaki Concourse, which is ZG1000. Big old Winnebiko. It's plastic everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took it cross-country with me. And it's Kawasaki, which means it has the smoothest clutch on the planet. It is so wonderful. Nothing
0: better than a smooth clutch.
1: I mean, a slipper clutch. Beep. Just pops in like it's nothing. Uh, um, I can only attest to cars, but yeah, still. Honda, Honda, you, you know what gear you're in because you have to work it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know it's there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Cowie, it's like, Boop. oh, am I, am I, am I in third? Oh, I, oh, oh I'm now in fourth. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Yay, Keep on going, yeah. and it's great. Um, but Buells, with all of their inherent problems and the fact that they don't exist as a company anymore, are still my favorite. And the reason being is because there is. This inherent vitality
2: mm. to the nice V twin.
1: Um, it when it starts rocking you. Okay, there's there was a commercial a long time ago with this um, incredibly sexy woman who was on a medical show. Really doesn't important. Uh, it wasn't important, except she was selling Cadillacs, and she said it better than anybody I've ever said. Uh, he, she said something along the lines of, "It doesn't matter how much horsepower it has." Doesn't matter it you know where it sits in the rankings. It doesn't matter what its top speed. All that really matters is when you cur- turn the car on, does it return the favor? Ooh. And at that point, I had a thing for redheads and wanted to <laughs> fuck a Cadillac. So <laughs> it damn sure worked. But this it's the same with a Buell, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I when you
2: mm.
1: get on and you pop it, and you you are holding an animal. By, by these metal reins, you know these aren't yeah, handlebars; yeah. these are reins. And you were ready, you know. Yeah, or come I on. Ride. I call I, I called it rolling thunder, you mm. know, <laughs> because it sounded. That sounds like, like, a,
0: like that five foot tall man's ten inch dick. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And I was holding it by steel reins. <laughs> come on, Chauncey, there's fuckery about. Boom! <laughs> and I would hit, and when you you could tell, you could tell. When I hit it mm-hmm. and really cracked it open, if you what you heard were two sounds. The sound of this thunderous beast rolling past you and this maniacal laughter <laughs> coming out of a plastic helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gone. I was Red Barchetta at that point. You know what I'm talking about? Is right? he a
0: motorcycle racer? racer? Red Barchetta? <laughs>
1: Red, is that, a, is that a clown? Rush, Red Barchetta. Oh, is he in he? It's in a song. The... It is a song. Oh, got it. And you listen to the words, and you'll understand exactly what that reference is. Got it. Um, I will listen
0: to it once we're off so that I don't have copyright
1: issues. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but it's freedom, and it's it's amazing to be on any kind of motorcycle, really, knees in the breeze. And you can see it, when when you pass another motorcyclist- you drop your hand and give them the give them the peace sign. I've seen people And they do it too. Do yeah. And people that don't know, they are like, what the fuck are these guys doing? It's a brotherhood. Yeah. It's I mean you were you are both, you know, sharing that same little patch of wind. No, you are making a patch of wind mm. to share with someone else. Just for that second. And you are brothers. And it's amazing doesn't matter if you're going in different directions. doesn't matter if you're going the same direction. What matters is that you're sharing that same piece of sky.
0: You know, I can see you being like the voiceover guy for motivational videos. <laughs> <laughs> It shows, like, penguins, like, struggling to get to the water, and they're fumbling over (laughs) each other, and they're avoiding all the seals, and they fucking finally make it into the water, and then the next thing you know, they got sharks coming at them, and they've got to avoid the sharks, and then they finally make it into the open water, and they find their fish, and they bring it back to feed their family, and the whole time, you're over it, like... And there the penguin goes. He's got his freedom and he's got his water and he's making his waves for him and his friends.
1: (laughs) You'd kill it, man. Yes, that's exactly what I'm ready to do. (laughs) Let's do that because I have the face for radio. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, you know, and here's the funny thing. When I first got a motorcycle when I was a kid, uh, kid (laughs) quotes, um, when I was 16, I, I wanted to get a motorcycle and a friend of mine had a motorcycle and, and, uh, my mom watched another friend of mine take that motorcycle through a stop sign and said, "I forbid you to get a motorcycle." Yeah, as, so as do, she man. just pretty much green-lighted that whole project. Uh, right. So so I got a motorcycle and the whole idea <laughs> the first thing I thought was, "Oh man, chicks are gonna love this." Because, you know, you know when you're a teenager and younger, you are basically a hormone in a button-up shirt. And so I, everything was about... There's what, that motivation you know, of Where can I put tab A? Where's my slot B? Uh-huh. Let's find this. This will help me find it. And it became so much more than that. Because, you know, when you realize... Girls don't like motorcycles. They really don't care. Because, you know, you got to put a helmet on, it messes up your hair. Oh. Can't see your makeup. Ooh. You know, all the girly girls are... I, you will find... Some, and, the, again, broad strokes... Yeah, you know, yeah, if you are getting a motorcycle to pick up a girl, you have failed. You might pick up a shit ton of 12-year-old boys who think you're freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. But that's really not what you're going for. <laughs>
0: or it might be. Yeah, well, in, in uh, which case... We won't, we won't go there. Yeah, no, no. Um,
1: but... Yeah. In fact, I, ha- I had one of those moments. I was on that Kawasaki concourse, and I had red, white, and black leathers, and I had my red helmet on, and I had this red motorcycle. And I'm at a and I'm I'm at a, a left-hand turn. It's a, a two-lane left-hand turn, and I'm just sitting there minding my own business, waiting for the light to turn. When all of a sudden, I heard out of the cor- out, of, out of the uh, on the left-hand side of me, you know, "Hey, Power Ranger!" Oh, and I looked over, and there are two little boys, faces pressed against <laughs> the side of their mommy's car, looking at me. Like, I'm a freaking Power Ranger. I'm, I'm the red, white, and the black Power Ranger. Let's do this. <laughs> so, just before the light turned, I gave them this stupid, ridiculous hand gesture like, salute. Kung Fu moves or oh my God. You would think I had just given them a bag of candy. <laughs> They're like, ah, um, and I take off, boom, gone. And for that moment, I was there. It was amazing, and it was amazing for them. And I probably made a couple of riders. So, Mom, I'm sorry you had it coming, though. (laughs) She's like, it was Jeff. It was Jeff. It was that Power Ranger asshole. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. Damn. Sorry, not sorry. Um, But, no, you don't ride for that. You don't ride. You ride for you. You ride for you. Yeah. But that is not even necessarily you you'd you, you stop being that person. You know, uh, you, you, the cyborg came from the idea of a cycle and a rider together. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think I heard that, read that somewhere. You mean cyborg the superhero or cyborg just... Cyborg to, the, idea the idea of a okay. cyborg. Gotcha. Um, because motorcyclists, because you and the machine are the one right. thing. And... Okay. I always say my meditation starts at 60 miles an hour.
0: You know, <laughs> I, I've
1: said that, you know. That's good. Because at that point... Um, and I could pitch out statistics all day long that that the average motorcycle rider, when he's riding, makes the same amount of split second decisions as a fighter pilot in combat. I totally believe that.
0: I believe that, and I've never ridden. And but just driving is. But a, you get a to a
1: point seconds. to where you're not going. And now I do this. And now I have to do this. And now this uh-huh. is going on. You don't do that. It all becomes a dance, an expression, a feeling, and everything in your mind gets still. So at that it point,
0: quiets everything else out.
1: It's not even you mm. riding. It's mm. just the ride. And that is where my medication, my, my meditation, medication, maybe. No, my <laughs> meditation happens that way because then all the white noise, all of the crap that has been pinging me all day goes away. And it's just me on the ride. And then it's just the ride. Oh, Jeff, that sounds... And I come back. sounds so beautiful. And I'm quiet. I'm relaxed. Sometimes I'm even a little horny. But what I am not is stressed about all the other shit.
0: You know, you get the same feeling that you get, I get from bacon salmon.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Tell me about that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do it slow. <laughs>
0: you preheat the oven. <laughs> 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 alright, alright, no. no <laughs> you bust out the oven. God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean hungry or do you mean horny?
1: There's a difference. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, let's, um, okay. Yeah. All we're right. going to wind it down. Last sure. thing I'm going to ask
0: you about, cause this has been amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, give me someone in your life, uh, who has inspired you, um, in any way, just anyone you want to talk about. doesn't have to be the one you don't have to, you know, my dad. Okay. Talk to me about your dad. Absolutely. My dad.
1: Tell me about him. Okay. Um, when we lived in Alabama, my dad used to top trees dangerous freaking job in 1969 to 1971 when I left because you actually have you have spikes that you put on your on your ankles you have a belt you shimmy your ass up a pine tree Oh, they do that in like the lumberjack competitions Uh uh-huh and then you top the tree you literally cut the top of the tree off okay that was his job whoa he got paid a damn good bit of money my mom worked at uh at um the army base she was working for defense contract, and they said the army base is closing. Um, if you want a job, you're gonna have you're gonna have to move. You got to go to Atlanta. My dad just did. My mom's like, we have to we have to move to Atlanta. He went, okay. Hmm. He threw away his business, of which he was making a lot of money in his job, and and you know he had roots. No no pun intended there just <laughs> yeah. everything he just and started over at like 40 just started over at uh no at like 30 something at, anyway he started over
0: started over later on in life than you would expect
1: yeah, yeah um for my mom and for his family
0: And he loved her and he loved he you he did
1: it and he, i remember his next job he was um a um exterminator he makes chemicals and he go to places and he exterminate bugs and stuff that was his job it's a crappy job it's a shitty job which he did very well for his family his next job the one he f- he ended up in um he worked construction uh he uh, they would build industrial furnaces like huge foundries and uh he would Pour the concrete. He started out as a day laborer, and he worked himself up to being the foreman of the company. You know, the uh, on the major product major projects. He never got past high school. I'm not entirely certain he finished high school, but he was making architectural plans for industrial furnaces on one of those big yellow legal notepads. Yeah, freehanding, by hand, with measurements and. Gradients and dis- and densities and, and stuff that blows my mind with, you know, to pour out of concrete. And then he would create the mold. He just built it out of wood <laughs> and he would make the mold. And there were certain companies that would not take his construction company on unless he specifically was the foreman. Throughout the southeast, he traveled all over the place. He could tell you where every Waffle House in the southeast is. That's impressive. And at least one waitress. Oh my gosh! Everybody knew him. <laughs> Man loved his Waffle House, and the and Waffle House loved him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he there's had, nothing better than
0: that. To be I, 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 being buddy buddies with the waiters and waitresses, just I, to
1: show you the kind of guy this was. He is. Uh-huh. At 81 years old, he had a stroke. On his way to work, he was getting in the car, and he had a stroke, and he called in to work. Actually, no, that's not true. They called him because he was late, and he told them, I-, I think I'm having a stroke, and they stopped production, boom, and they went and they got him, and got him to the hospital, saved his life. That uh, He's 86 now. He's alive. He's still alive. Awesome. Yeah, okay. he's in a wheelchair now, and- uh, he was going to work and because he was late they called him that's the kind of yeah. man he was Seriously. the kind that you could count on the kind that was always there for you the kind that loved even at the expense of his own body I mean, he, working with industrial furnaces you have to use a lot of fire brick fire brick absorbs water and I, and when I say absorbs water I don't mean like your sponge kind of absorbing water I mean it would take the, the water the moisture out of your hand and I, he would work with it so much that if he opened his hand up it would crack oh, and start to yeah. bleed he pled for his family every day he did that for us until he had a stroke
0: sounds like a very noble.
1: That is my. That's the person I look up to. I aspire to be a tenth of that man.
0: That makes sense, seeing how how you carry yourself and who the person that you are.
1: I'm not surprised that you had an amazing father. He was my hero. All the all the all the fictional creatures that it, that became me, <laughs> they were also I could please him, so I could aspire to be him.
0: Do you think that you did a good job of that?
1: I'm still working on it.
0: Yeah, all right. Get back to me.
1: Yeah, talk to me in eighty, you know, in thirty, forty years when I have a stroke of my own.
0: I hope I'm around. To be honest, you say your family lasts long. Mine doesn't. We are long lived, (laughs) but ultimately, I appreciate that you shared that with me.
1: That was an easy question. The other other ones were complicated. That one was easy. What does your father do now? He He sits in in a wheelchair and watches. and watches Golden Girls. <laughs> hey, there's worse things to watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Mm. Who's his favorite? I no telling. Oh, okay, because I can't really understand him. His his speeches. Oh. Uh, I I want to say it was it was Betty White because shit, I'd fuck Betty White. I would. You too. know, come on, man. Yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I don't think he's necessarily all that discerning. You know, <laughs> he was he was always a bit of a flirt. So.
0: Oh, uh, okay. He wouldn't
1: actually that. do anything because he loved my mom. Right, right, right. He loved the idea that, uh, you know, if my mom suddenly had a major debilitating brain aneurysm and died, he'd have options. <laughs> he just liked
0: to make sure that he, he kept his uh, his ability to play the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kept yeah. training. Yeah. Do you think he's going to listen to this?
1: Uh, <laughs> I doubt it.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Um,
1: But, I, you know, if I tell my sister, my sister might maybe play this little piece. Who knows? Well, if you had
0: one thing to say to him. What would it be?
1: You're everything I aspired to be. Still aspiring.
0: I think that would make him very happy.
1: I'm not entirely certain he would remember it was me, but (laughs) it's getting a little (laughs) sometimes, but that's okay. So is mine.
0: It's a really hard thing to deal with.
1: It is, and my sister, God love her, she's dealing with it every day. My mom. My sisters are fantastic. Uh, they really are in their own ways. Um, Cindy, ever the pragmatist, uh, she's really great with money. She is, she is um, great with dad. And uh, Rita, she's got a big heart, and she's always trying, and she's, she's there for you. She's got your back always. Now, I'm the troubleshooter. <laughs> when, something, when something hits the fan – I clean it up.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. I can relate to that for sure. Um, I look into it. Well, Jeff, man, it has been a fun ride. Like, no pun intended because of all the motorcycle talk,
1: but <laughs> thanks
0: for I don't know with. if
1: you can use any of that. Um, I'm going to use all of it. You, I mean, you're it, welcome to use all of it.
0: Meditate on it. And get back to me if there's anything you want me to edit out. I'll be happy to do that. Because anything that comes you. out of
1: my mouth, I will just, I will let it stand. Yeah, Good, agree, bad, or mean, ugly. Yeah it is what it let, is and
0: let it be let it be what it's going to be i agree i'm the same way so i'll go back edit out some alms and stuff add some music get an in, get an intro split this up into a couple
1: parts and uh, you'll be able to hear the first part here very soon yeah i can't wait for the five minutes of, of whatever you have to edit out put all all together i don't do that <laughs> like you make, said you did it the first time that you did it with one guy i'm not gonna tell you who. Uh, yeah i'm not gonna say i yes no i'm saying
0: i did take it out and it was five minutes worth which was crazy but I didn't save it, is what I'm saying. Like, I didn't save it to be listened to later. <laughs> okay. No, it would just be, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. No, I'm not going to do that.
1: <laughs> what would be my word, I wonder, or, or I'll let you know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll let
0: you know. I haven't been, like, paying attention to that. I try not to do it myself. I just try to shut the fuck up and let my guests talk. I'm not always the best at it. That's that's what I'm working on with this.
1: Well, I had no idea what was what was going to come out of this. And i got to be honest with you, I still don't. But, uh, I mean, because I don't know how you're going to edit it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm
0: not, it's not going to be, it's not going to change its identity.
1: Um, but it felt, it was fun.
0: Was it cathartic?
1: Mm, some parts, yeah. Yeah. Other parts are just silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the best, uh, that's the best thing. Man, we could
0: use a little silliness. It
1: doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have a reason. Like sesame seeds on a bun, right? What is that from? I, isn't don't, that from a movie or something? I don't. Recall. Or did you just Probably. make it up? Probably no. I almost certainly didn't make it up. Okay. Uh, there's very little about me that's original. Uh, Mister um, <laughs> <Mr>. Fiction himself. <laughs> um, no, sesame seeds on a bun. I know that's you know, that's like I feel like that's from like an anime that I watched. They really something. have no purpose being there, but if they're not there, you feel like something's missing. And you don't even know what. Oh shit, Jeff. Pearls of wisdom. <laughs>
0: Alright before,
1: before the swine. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: rose of wisdom before the swine. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put this together and then uh, have you on because I, I there's like a million other questions that popped up that I just didn't get a chance to ask, so we'll have you on again. Oh really? If you oh will. God. Yep. Now I should show your daughter my snake. My, <laughs> That's not my a pet euphemism, snake, by the way. My
1: pet snake. Oh my gosh. He <laughs> actually has a fucking snake. Um not a euphemism. Okay. <laughs> 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 Goodbye, everybody.
0: And I'm just letting you know, I gotta go. 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 I gotta go I gotta- Deuces.